Hey, listener, Zach Harper here. Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy sports. Also, fastest growing fantasy app in the industry. Here's how it works. The Pick'em Game. Pick whether your favorite players will have a higher or lower stat total in this week's game for a chance to win big. How big, you ask? I'm so glad you asked that question, listener. You can win up to 100 times your money in a single night. Pick between two and five players. Build a pick'em entry. You can also do rivals picks. You can put like Tyrese Halliburton and Jalen Brunson against each other. And whoever has more points, more assists, more rebounds, whatever you want to do, that is your rivals pick. I would maybe go with Jalen Brunson in these playoffs. By the way, in the regular season, Jalen Brunson, scoring tear, going higher on his point totals all the time. Joel Embiid, whenever he did actually play, higher on his scoring totals all the time. Victor Wembanyama for the next 15, 20 years, here's a pro tip for you. Take higher on the blocks. That's right. So you're probably wondering, how do you sign up? Oh my God, listener, you are full of good questions today. Sign up with the promo code DING, that's D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick First time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. $250, man, that's a lot. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store. And don't forget to register with our code DING, D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick and first time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. Must be 18 or older, 21 or older in Massachusetts, Arizona, 19 or older in Alabama and Nebraska, and present in a state where underdog fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org. Arizona, 1-800-NEXT-STEP. That's 1-800-639-8783. Or text next step. To 53342. New York, call the 24 7 Hope Line at 1 877 8 Hope and Y or text Hope and Y four six seven three six nine. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the latest edition of the Woke Bros. Of course, I'm your co-host, Big Waz, a.k.a. Wosni Lambre. Joined as always by my partner on the west side of Los Angeles. The sun is shining. The waves are crashing against the sand. Nando Vila, what's going on, my brother? Doing well, doing well. Can't complain. That's good. That's good. On today's show, we're going to give you an update about what's going on in Bessemer, Alabama, um, as far as the unionization effort at the Amazon factory over there. Give you a quick download and update about what's going on. Seeing my man Danny Glover down there trying to show support Mm. and solidarity with the workers. Still no Joe Biden, but that's neither here nor there. Um, but first, man, but first, we got to get into the troubles 
the misfortunes, <laughs> the rise and the fall of one Andrew Cuomo. Yes, that Andrew Cuomo, every freaking liberal's favorite zaddy during the pandemic. <laughs> Everybody was like, yes, Cuomo. Look at his yes. press conferences. Oh, my God, his press conferences where he reads numbers and he talks really calmly. <laughs> and he and believes in science. Like, he's like got such a great like older zaddy vibe and I love him. And uh, <laughs> why won't he just run and be my president? Oh, everybody <laughs> just loved Andrew Cuomo back in April, back in May. He was America's dad calming them down off the ledge about social distancing and bringing the numbers down and flattening the curve. And, you know, you'll remember at the time that on this show, we tried to point out that Andrew Cuomo actually truly sucks. Some of the bullying that he's done in Albany, um, the guy has done nothing but cut programs um, as far as safety net programs. All he's done is bend over backwards, take his pants down to his ankles for the corporate interest to have their way with him and New York State. Um, all he's ever done is work to, you know, basically enrich himself, his own political ambitions. Obviously, he wants to be president one day and, you know, scratch the back of the most powerful corporate interests, whether it be Wall Street or any of the other powerful moneyed interest in New York State. That's all he's done his entire freaking career. And you can mm. go back to back when he was, you know, attorney general or whatever. Um, and yeah, we we said that, but whatever. We let y'all have y'all little parade and we let it go. But this week and last week... <laughs> vindication. <laughs> sweet, sweet vindication. A piece came out in the New Republic where they basically, man, I'm not going to lie, they outlined just the, the, the stone cold fact about just Democratic Party higher-ups essentially saying, because Cuomo is, to his credit, in his third term, essentially saying that well, voters know who Andrew Cuomo is. It's been all over the press from upstate in Albany to local in New York. Um, it's been all over the press. The voters know who he is, but they like him for being this gruff, hard-charging guy. Wrong. Voters think Andrew Cuomo is that nice, sweet man who they see on their TV every week. And it comes out, Nando, that the guy who was an expert at handling COVID was lying the whole freaking time about <laughs> death rates in nursing homes, about just the death rates in New York State, because they feared, um, you know, retribution from the national, from the federal government. Um, of course, it's now come out. He's been accused. He's been me too It's been said <laughs> that AIDS staffers, a staffer said that he tried to forcibly kiss her in the mouth. Also said that he asked her he wanted to play strip poker mm. with her. And so, Nando, uh, we were talking before the show that Cuomo is the perfect... He's the perfect Democrat. Perfect yeah. for the libs. He looks good on TV while yeah. doing nothing. Nothing. Even, when, even if you want to say he was the greatest coronavirus expert of all time, he's not even that. Doing yeah. nothing for his constituents. 
and yet his popularity his popularity soared for it. Yeah. No, I mean it's worth like stepping back and seeing what he's being dinged on right now, mm-hmm. and it's it comes back to a policy that he implemented early on in the pandemic, in which. In the nursing homes, in which when someone tested positive for COVID, like some a senior citizen tested positive for COVID, they would kind of remove them and isolate them, and then what? And 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 they would usually go home, you know, to or stay with a relative or or whatever. And then uh, Cuomo instituted a policy which was criticized at the time, and it was kind of baffling, in which they were bringing back a lot of these older people back to the nursing homes before they had tested negative. <laughs> You know, before they, the coronavirus had kind of gone through them. Um, and he brought in as many as 10, uh, 9, 000, like between nine and 10,000 uh, older, sick senior citizens back to the nursing homes, which obviously created like a huge death spiral within these nursing homes. I mean, old people are the most vulnerable people to the coronavirus. If you're bringing in people who are sick to the nursing homes, instead of isolating them in, in, in a particular facility or quarantine them and quarantining them and what, whatever, you know, then, then that's what you should, that's what he should have done. Instead, he brought them back into the nursing homes and then he lied about how many people he brought back. And then he lied about how many people died inside these nursing homes by like a lot, like, like he claimed that it was only like 8,000 people. It was actually more like 15,000 people. Like journalists have investigated this. And it was explicitly to, like you said, avoid these federal government uh, investigations into his handling of the coronavirus. This is all the mean at the same exact time he's doing this just catastrophic leadership. He is going on TV every single day doing these press conferences, which like every liberal just ate it up. I mean, there was like a cover. Uh, I remember there was like a, a, a cover. I don't know if it was like Time Magazine or something. And it was like, you know, the next, you know, great hope. Uh, and, uh, y- you know, he he wrote a book about his leadership during the COVID- coronavirus pandemic. A whole freaking book while this is all going on. He wrote it. Um, so he's profiting off of it. They gave him an Emmy for his freaking press conferences. They yeah. created a new category um, and gave him an Emmy for like his excellent use of press conferences to... Um, you know, reassure the people during the coronavirus pandemic. All the while, he's just being an absolute disaster. Um, and again, it's like, it is like a feeling of I told you so for us because the left has always been a critic of Cuomo. I mean, Cuomo has been challenged two times from the left. It was after Teach Out and then Cynthia Nixon, the, the actress from uh, Sex and the City, ran against him from the left because the left has always known that he is a corrupt, conservative Democrat. But none of that substance gets through to a certain type of liberal who only sees him <laughs> as the guy you see on TV. Yep. You know, that's the the only see him as the guy you see on TV. And it it just speaks to how politics in our era has turned into a reality TV show. I mean, it's one of the reasons why Trump did so well in our political system because he was an experienced reality TV star. Um, but that's what politics has become. It's like, oh, you like your certain characters on the reality TV show. You like your little subplots and your little, um, you know, your <laughs> your little fights and your things. But like, it's not something that we engage in in, in any sort of substantive, substantive way anymore. It's just another TV show. And especially when you remember, it's, man, it's not hard to remember what it was like back when the pandemic first sort of got to America and everybody um, was so glued to their television. 
right? Like all we yeah. did, well, not me, but all most people did was watch TV, get the latest COVID updates. And it was like an ongoing 24-hour TV show on the cable networks. And then Fauci would come along and do his storyline. And then Donald Trump would do his storyline. And then Cuomo would do his storyline. And then on and on and on it went. And yes, like you said, juxtaposed against Donald Trump's sort of performance on the national stage as it pertained to to uh covid here was cuomo coming on and just really just reading stats and saying like yo we should stay indoors we should stay at home um don't socialize socially distance um these are the numbers we're gonna get them down the more we the more we isolate the more the numbers go down that's literally all this dude did that was enough that was enough to get everybody oh so damn excited and i remember <laughs> i remember at the time um uh and 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 rest in peace our brother michael brooks um i remember at the time w- we we talked about yo this dude just just slashed a a, a welfare program for nothing funding for it just medicaid a medicaid joint like, he slashed medicaid in the middle of a pandemic, pandemic. because yeah, because as state tax revenue went down, instead of taxing the rich, um, he cut Medicaid, Medicaid, which is healthcare for poor people in the middle of a pandemic. That's what he did. Mind you, Medicaid, man, Medicaid in New York, if you have that, you are getting taken care of. It's basically like having the best health care that, yeah. that you can have around in New York State when you're on Medicaid. I've been on Medicaid before. It's incredible. You know, yeah. um, and so, of course, that's what he did. And I remember us commenting on it like, yo, this dude's approval rating and Q rating is going out the freaking roof right now. At the same time, he's slashing like, first of all, so <laughs> just so people understand, like in order to qualify for Medicaid, you either have to be unemployed, which is how I got it. Or. You have Four. to be, yes, you have to be making, I think it's like less than 20 G's. Yeah. <laughs> like prorated, your salary at the time has to be yearly less than 20 G's. That's who gets to have, like you either are the working extremely poor or you have no job. And that's yeah. who he slashed Medicaid on in the pandemic. No, I, I just want to read um, some of these numbers from uh, Ryan Cooper's write-up in the week about this scandal. He writes, The nursing home scandal has been bubbling for nearly a year now. It starts with Cuomo's inexplicable decision back in March 2020 to order nursing homes to accept recovering COVID-19 cases, even if they were still testing positive. A recent Associated Press investigation found that at least 9,000 recovering patients were sent back to nursing homes and long care long-term care facilities, a number that is 40% larger than his administration had previously admitted. This unquestionably worsened the pandemic as it ripped through New York's elderly population. But that isn't the only number Cuomo fudged on in nursing homes. New York Attorney General Letitia James investigated the situation and found that his people may have undercounted the number of deaths associated with nursing homes by 50%. Cuomo then admitted that instead of the 8,500 dead they had been reporting, the true number was over 15,000 or about a third of the state's total deaths. This is a bad who it's a cover up of of mass death is what it is. Like plain and simple. There's just there's just no other way to 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 put it. It's 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 really shocking. Like and you know again, this is we're talking about one of the most powerful democrats in the country. This is the governor of the state of New York. 
you know, New York City is the most richest, biggest, and, and most important city in the country. <laughs> New York State, if it were a country, would be like one of the largest economies in the world. Like, this is like a very, very powerful man. This is a man that liberals were desperately pining to run for president. Um, you know, they were saying that, remember, there was like talk that he could, you know, when 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 it looked like Bernie was going to win and, you know, like they were, they were talking yeah, that they, or that they, they so could. Because he was so popular at the time, it yeah. was like, yo, throw Cuomo in there. Throw, a throw Cuomo in there. Or when it would look like Biden was going to win and, never, and no one really liked Biden because he's like, you know losing his mind um they're like oh maybe they can switch in cuomo in the convention do you remember that whole talk yep you know like yep. they were gonna replace cuomo replace him with cuomo and this it's like is how this guy is a monster this guy is in the democratic yeah. party um and again people are like well what, what what kind of show is this is this a liberal bashing show is is it a dems bashing show yeah do something <laughs> that we don't have like what like how do you not bash this how do you not how do like Make me understand why it's justified that, excuse me, Andrew Cuomo deserves to be one of the biggest stars in the entire Democratic Party. Like, that doesn't make any sense. And again, you read this stuff behind the scenes where he's calling guys and saying, I'll ruin your life. I'll ruin your livelihood. You'll never work in this town again. And he takes this aggressive bullying posture with everybody in Albany. Like, basically, you're either working for me or I'm going to kill you and disgrace you. Um, at every turn, right? Um, again, how many times is he like? It's like it's okay to be nakedly ambitious, but the people who do that the best are like, yeah, I'm gonna become president one day, or I'm gonna become whatever one day. But how I do it is I'm gonna empower a bunch of these people, and so that they're loyal to me forever. And so you can say, yeah. look, I did all of this shit, but look at what I did for all these people too, you know. That's the, the best politicians do both, right? Like you're nakedly ambitious in service in in um by way of servicing a bunch of people and engendering some type of loyalty, right? So that it's like, all right, you're in your third term, but you deserve it. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. you, even if what you did was problematic, the bullying or you know forcibly, you know, trying maybe trying to kiss a chick that didn't ask you or <laughs> you know or yeah. you know what I'm saying or 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 um or play you know, strip insinu- poker when you're uh, like a poker. 60 year old freaking governor like grow like what are you in college like who plays fucking <laughs> strip co- poker you know like but uh, again there's times when people do this you know where they're doing this naked ambition and it's in service of something right like of course the, there's there's always this sort of you have to be a bit of an egomaniac to yeah. be a national or a politician at the level of governor of New York to think that I'm the one that can do it or should do it. There's this little, there's like a huge amount of ego that goes into even running for governor in that sense. Like we get it. Like yeah. a lot, all of these people are self-interested, yeah. you know, but like dog, Cuomo has done nothing for anybody, and he's one of the most popular figures in the Democratic Party. What does that say about the party? Well, I just want to zoom out for one second. The final thing I'll say about this is if you zoom out for one second, Andrew Cuomo is the governor of New York. His father, Mario Cuomo, was also the governor of New York. His brother, Chris Cuomo, is the lead anchor of the most important, the lead primetime anchor of the most important television news channel in the country and they did their little segments where they were like oh hey say hi to mom for me and blah 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 right. blah um you know that is like that is a rotten and sick political culture 
You know, if you think about it, like this, that is just a sick political culture in every way where like just one family can dominate in such a way. And there's just no, no commenting about that, like that people are just broadly fine with all that. It's just, it's, you know, it's, it's the kind of thing that we make fun of in other countries. You know, like think about it like if yep. North Korea. Yeah, it's like Kim Jong-un's the president and his brother is the is the lead uh, news anchor that's like doing the propaganda every day for <laughs> for the people. You know, like we'd be like, that's that's crazy. That's ridiculous. But we have that here in this country. Yeah. And so anyway, in the coming days, um, <laughs> you're going to be seeing a lot of anti-Cuomo stuff. On your MSNBCs and CNNs, your mainstream media outlets, the Times has already done a write-up on him. Politico is in his ass. Uh, you know, <laughs> the New Republic did a fantastic um, write-up that Nando passed to me. I forget the name of the journalist. Who Alex did it, Perrine. But, uh, Alex Perrine, you did a fantastic job. Um, so, yeah, just just know, you know... When we try to tell you about these cats, man, it's not because, you know, because I think ideologically, I think people might think that you and I are very rigid, which I think we pretty much are ideologically (laughs) rigid, like absolutely. But the thing is, we're consistent. Yeah. And that's my problem with a lot of. Yeah libs man the consistency just isn't there because they aren't tethered to any ideological um no. ideological sort of discipline it's just about personalities yeah and who makes me feel good about watching them on tv they're not tethered to anything no and so is you're gonna hear the excuse making from libs for cuomo you just like you heard the excuse making for biden and all the racist shit with the crime bill and what he said about places like haiti and all like you're gonna hear all the excuse making when libs pretend that their ideology is about racial harmony and tranquility and doing this and it's not yeah and it's or competence or right, believing in right. science and all this all this all this crap you know like <laughs> it's, th- not, it's none of that shit it's really like just about who makes me feel good when i watch it. the tv <laughs> that's that's it and so yes we are ideologically you know a bit rigid yes 100% but man wouldn't it be nice if the freaking libs were too holy moly anyway man. that's our andrew cuomo down in flames. <laughs> well, the thing, the, the, the problem is that he's going to get the last laugh. Like, I don't think he's going to resign or lose his job. Nothing's like, going to happen. Get, nothing's going to happen. The default thing he's, in this, I was talking to a friend of mine yesterday uh, about a bunch of shit. This, uh, you know, Trump, whether he's going to like, and I'm like, the default is nothing's going to happen until proven otherwise, because that's what we live in now. A zero accountability. If you just kind of ride it out, you'll be fine. Um, so... Yeah, but hey, but hey, they canceled my man PJ vote. They did. They got him. (laughs) I'm still tight about that one. Still tight about that one. (laughs) Anyway, hey, listen, guys, I want to tell you guys about a dope new program that's about to drop on ABC. It's called Soul of a Nation. It's a show made by black people for all people of the country about the black experience in America. This show is fearless with the truth is going to make you laugh is going to uplift you it's unapologetic in the story that it tells about black folks in the history of this nation man soul of a nation is a six-part series super powerful and you will not be able to turn away from this thing i can't wait for you guys to see it it's coming on abc 
this Tuesday night. Make sure you watch it this Tuesday night on ABC, Soul of a Nation. It'll be on at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 9 Central, 7 Pacific on ABC. It's called Soul of a Nation on ABC. Make sure y'all check that out. Uh, We move on, man, um, to a story that we've been monitoring very closely here um, on, on the Woke Bros. The unionization drive effort at the Amazon factory in Bessemer, Alabama. To recap, guys, this Amazon factory is warehouse, predominantly, warehouse. excuse me, warehouse, sorry, is predominantly, yeah, they don't make anything. They just <laughs> organize it. Um, is predominantly black, predominantly poor people, predominantly women. Yeah. These are black women yeah. coming together, trying to organize for livable wages, um, safe working conditions, benefits, medical benefits, and just like maybe a 401k, maybe a pension. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> would it kill the richest man in the history of richness to do this <laughs> for the employees who have helped him attain all of these riches? By the way, at a cost of what? Jeff Bezos won't be able to afford a fleet of his own fighter jets, his own <laughs> his own freaking planet if he wanted to by doing this? No, of course not. Cost him nothing. Yeah. Um, but it's just about the principles. You have to crush the worker at every turn. That's how these oligarchs think. Um, anyway, we wanted to update you guys on the situation there. Again, my man Danny Glover went down there. Yeah. Um, you know, I talked about it on Hoops Adjacent with David Aldridge and my man Marcus Thompson. And, you know, because we take questions every week from our listeners. And one of the questions, Nando, was what can athletes do NBA players have a place in the struggle? Yeah. And if so, what should they be doing? And I was like, you know what? LeBron James can't go against Amazon. No. LeBron James, while he's fighting, while he does understand he has an adversarial relationship with the oligarchs of the NBA that he's business partners with, uh, meaning the owners, he's a partner of Warner Media. He's a partner of Nike. He's probably one day might want to partner up with Amazon. I don't think well, he's got his own production company. Exactly. So I don't a, think know. LeBron James can come out against Amazon in this way. It just I just I find it hard to believe that a dude that's worth probably upwards of five, six hundred million dollars personally um could go up against amazon i maybe i'm too cynical i just don't believe he could back a unionization effort that could possibly unionize all of amazon's workers globally lebron james can't do that because he is too freaking inextricably linked to the ruling class. He he's part of the ruling yeah. class at this point. Like, and I don't I don't hesitate to say that. Like, he's kind of one of them. If not, he's one of their middle managers. You know, and that's not yeah. even to denigrate him. That's not to say what he's doing in I Promise in Cleveland, Ohio, or whatever. He can't do it. I just I find it hard to believe that LeBron could go up against Amazon this way explicitly. But could somebody like Boogie Cousins? Or Eric Bledsoe, yeah. two guys who are from Alabama, native to Alabama, who, you know, will probably mm. end their careers close to 
Uh, Eric Bledsoe would be close to 150, 60 million in NBA earnings, and Boogie would be 100 something in NBA earnings. Um, they're not going to become, you know, uber capitalists in their afterlife. And they they have money that can take care of them for the rest of their lives. Should they be down there? Should they be stumping for those black women in Alabama? Hell fucking yeah. 100%. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you bring up an interesting point because we talked about during the George Floyd uh, protests when the NBA, when a bunch of NBA players essentially went on strike. Um, and Barack Obama came in and hmm. told him to go back to work. But, uh, <laughs> um, uh LeBron James called him personally because LeBron has that man's number. And, um, Barry was like, yeah, tell him, organize a vote, vote drive, vote, tell him to vote, vote. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it, so, but we talked about it at the time, like, you know, the, the NBA players have power, um, if they strike. You know that's that's how you have power. Mm-hmm. You have power when you when you organ when you organize your workplace and you strike. That's when you have power. And like I was thinking about this Amazon Union story in the context of what happened last summer in in the George Floyd protest, which weren't that long ago. But I don't know. It's, I don't know about you, but to me, it seems like five years ago now uh, when everyone was out on the streets. What do we got to show for all those protests? Like in terms of meaningful change, nothing. we got nothing. Nothing, which which I don't want. I don't mean to like say like people no, should do no, it. No, no. I I know it, that it's an it, expression of public. No, it's 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 that that energy could not be harnessed yes. towards anything no. specific. In the way that no. if you take that energy and carry it into a worker strike, it can be. Yeah. Yes. So that's my point. Is that like. If you care about these things, organizing Amazon is would be the most the best way to achieve equality and progress for marginalized people, marginalized communities, oppressed peoples. That's how you achieve change. It's through labor power. If you have the street protests and you don't link it to labor power, you will get nothing. Literally nothing. Nothing. Maybe little things here on the margins, maybe like a little tweak, little tweak there, here and there. Nothing major, nothing. If you link it to labor power, you will get something. And the NBA players are some of the most high-profile unionized workers in this country. Yes, they're richer than you and me, but they're workers. And they understand the power that their union has. Their power has tons, like ton, their union has tons of power. You know, they they can chip away at the owner's and, profits and, and take it and claw it for know, themselves. And you know, another thing that I think people need to also remember about NBA and labor power, um, the owners always position the collective bargaining agreements as them being the mighty rich owners. We're so rich in our other endeavors, we don't need an NBA season. Please, we can we can fight for as long as it takes. Man, we was a month into the pandemic. Tillman Furtada took out a $300 million loan at 20% interest because he's already so fucking highly leveraged. You know what I'm saying? Who was the player that paid, who had to like pay the, the, the staff at the stadium? There was like a player that paid. I think it was Lonzo. Um, I think it was Zion. Zion, excuse me. Zion for the Pelicans was like, yo, I'll pay the staff out of my pocket. And the PR right. was so nasty behind that. The Bensons was like, whoa, yeah. we're, I mean, please, I mean, we'll do it. Gosh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we um, say all of that to say, I say all of that to say, um, it's important 
to be highlighting what they're trying to do down in Alabama. And um, then yeah. please hit us with that update, brother. So, yeah, but basically what's the, the unionization drive has started. The vote has started. And because it's a pandemic, it's being done by mail. So there's like it's like a long campaign. I mean, they have until March, I think March 29th to submit their ballots via mail. Um, the fight has been pretty interesting to watch because Amazon obviously hired you know, the, the most successful anti-union law firm that there is. It's, and it's called like Morgan Lewis or something like that um, to lead the anti-union fight. Um, there's all kinds of crazy things. I mean, um, there was a story that came out in which Amazon got the city council in Bessemer to change the traffic light patterns <laughs> because union organizers are not allowed on the Amazon property. So the only the only place that they could actually talk to people was like they would like at, at red lights, like the workers driving into work, they'd stop at a red light and a union organizer would show up and be like, hey, you want to talk to you about the union or whatever. They they changed the traffic lights and this this actually came out and was confirmed to limit the amount of time that they had in red light for the union organizers to to talk to the to the workers. Um, and Those originally tricky capitalist Nando. Yeah, absolutely. But originally, this was organized by uh, a union called the RWDSU, the Retail and Wholesale uh, Domestic Workers Union. Um, and it's it's been really interesting because um, originally they 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 wanted to do a bargaining unit that was about fifteen hundred workers, which are the 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 full time workers that work at that warehouse. Amazon did a, a, a clever trick, which employers do a lot, which is where they want to expand the bargaining unit as much as possible because they know it's much harder to win a vote if you have to, you know, win a, like a big mass of people than if you just have to win a handful of people, right? Um, and this included a ton of temp workers. And those are really, really difficult to organize, right? Like, you know, a guy who's just going to work there for a couple of weeks, he doesn't want to rabble rouse too much. You know, he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to rock the boat too mm -hmm. much. He knows that like, it's much more precarious for him. So, so they ended up expanding the bargaining unit to, to around 6,000 workers, which again, if it passes, would be amazing because it's a much larger bargaining unit, but it makes it much more difficult for it to pass. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's, I mean, there's all kinds of things as well. I mean, like, it's just, um, it, it's like the, the, you look at some of the, the statistics in Bessemer, I mean, the median household income, median household income, not like a person's income, like the income of their household is about $30,000 a year. I mean, obviously, Jeff Bezos is worth about $160 billion a year. You know, this is this is the front line of any anti-racism that you want to do, any anti-racist policy you want to do, any sort of equality that you could ever want. This is how you do it. This is how you do it. I mean, the when when we look back at the victories of the civil rights movement, they were possible because there were committed civil rights activists for decades fighting this, but there was also a powerful labor movement that was allied with the civil rights movement. It was those two forces working hand in hand 
that was able to achieve change. Yeah, even even as Without, Nando like to put it, even the crusty ass ACLIOU or whatever. AFLCIO, yeah. The crusty ass AFLCIO back Yeah, you like fat guys, fat guys from Detroit being like, "Yeah, I'm down with a civil rights," you know, like they had like their cigars and they were like, "We're going to go watch the Lions game and and pass civil rights." <laughs> yeah, but th- but you this know? is but and then I'm gonna have a heart attack. But this yeah. is how it gets achieved. I think 15 bucks an hour comes out to like 32 G's a year, or something. <laughs> so like, <laughs> two people working at Amazon would effectively double be double the median um, household income in Bessemer, Alabama, just by working at Amazon, just by achieving 15 bucks an hour from the richest corporation in the world (laughs) what are we even talking about here this is what jeff bezos is hiring you know the most uh uh tooth um ruthless labor um union busting law firm in the country for so he can avoid doing just that we're talking about the bare minimum here but also, he knows yeah. <laughs> once they get organized, this is just the start, baby. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean that's the thing is, Amazon, I mean Amazon strike Am, a unionization drive within Amazon would strike at the heart of the system. Amazon is about to become the largest employer in the United States. Right now, the largest employer in the United States is Walmart, but Amazon is growing so fast that it's going to pass. Uh, it's going to pass Walmart very soon. Um, I mean, the amount of people they've hired in the last year because of the pandemic has been staggering. I mean, it's just, it boggles the mind. I mean, this is kind of what happened. This is why they kind of got caught off guard because usually Amazon is very careful about where it opens a fact, uh, warehouse because they have these algorithms that study potential union activity. <laughs> they really do. Like, they, this is crazy. But, like, they've developed these programs with the technology to study like, okay, what are the politics of this region? What is the history of this region? What is the racial makeup of this region? You know, what are, you know, like what are employees saying in this region? Like they can, they can monitor all that shit and decide like, oh, this is too risky for a union activity. But because they had to grow so quickly, they opened this warehouse in Bessemer and got kind of cut off guard. I mean, Bessemer, you know, it's it's in the middle of of Alabama, which you would think, oh, it's a right to work state. It's very anti-union, but apparently Bessemer has a very kind of rich union history. Um, and you know, a lot of those people that that uh, that that best that are organizing in Amazon, probably like their maybe their their parents or their grandparents were were in a union, and they remember like the benefits that 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 brought for them. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's it's it is the sto- to me, it's like the story to watch. If you care about any of this shit, you know, like it's this is it. This is how you translate what happened last summer with the George Floyd protests into lasting, meaningful change. It's through labor power. That's how you change the system. Because you have to threaten the bottom line of the oligarchs. They don't move any other way. Like they just don't do it. Even when you see... Even when you see them co-opting the stuff of Black Lives Matter and some of the, you know, revolutionary rhetoric and, and the sloganeering and all of that, it's because they've, they've made a calculation like, all right, this is good for business. Let's do it. That's it. They, they only move by what the bottom line is. They don't, nothing else. They're never going to be like, 
Well, man, you know, it would, ch- it would completely change the lives of these people in Bessemer if they became unionized. Like, yeah. it's not like, oh, they would be so much less productive and they would do this. It's like, it's nonsense. It's nonsense, man. Yeah. They're just like, you know what? This would cost us. We would have to pay our employees more, give them more benefits, treat them like human beings. Fuck that. <laughs> Fuck yeah. that. Um, And yeah, so that's why we're paying attention to it. And again... We keep reminding you guys who's supporting these women, these black women. Again, all of a sudden, I don't hear none of the woke rhetoric coming out of the libs about this. No, no, no. There's no. no... And of course, Joe Biden, nowhere to be seen. Nowhere to be seen. The most powerful man in the country, nowhere to be seen on this. The party ostensibly that's supposed to be the party of the working people of this country. Nothing. Obviously, Brother Bernie... (laughs) obviously endorsing them and lending whatever little microphone he has to it. But come on now. You're not going to see Pelosi doing no shit like that. Schumer, of course not. not. But even Schumer, you know, he's in a unionized state. He's like, fuck that. I'm I'm good. I don't got to do all of that. Like, you're just not going to see it. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're not going to see it. And so that's why... Love to have a left party that doesn't support labor. (laughs) You got to love it. And so that's why we're going to continue to monitor that here on the Woke Bros. Of course, um, man, thank you guys for tuning in, supporting us, man. Uh, We really enjoy the feedback. So many people reaching out to us on a week-to-week basis just being like, yo, love what y'all do. Love the important work. So many people reached out about Judas and the Black Messiah. We told y'all that movie was going to fuck you up, and it did. So, shouts to everybody who reached out to to me and Nando about our review of the movie. Obviously, we loved it. Um, Please, if you can, we know it's tough times. If you can, spare it. Uh, Become a Patreon at patreon.com backslash count the dings. That's how we're able to bring you all this wonderful count the dings content. Make sure you subscribe. To everything, you know, the the the, um, the Count the Dings feed, listen to the mailbag, listen to Cinephobe. Of course, growing up the same Wednesday service, crazy, sexy, cool, man. They keeping it sexy, crazy, and cool over there. Um, <laughs> and, and, you know, just make sure you keep, you know, staying in tune with us, man. We got a bunch of dope things coming up as the year rolls out. Really excited about it. So thank you, guys. We'll see you next week. We're out of here. Later. Yo, Rob. Yo, I mean, what's the biggest complaint I always have whenever we record these podcasts? Besides Jerv being too sleepy, um, I think it's you forget <laughs> to name a couple of things. You always want to talk about some extra stuff. Oh, man. It's the worst feeling in the world. When we get done and we say cut and I'm sending the files to Rob and I say, shit, I forgot we were going to talk about this topic or that topic. Well, guess what? We're not going to have those problems anymore. If you go ahead and download the Stereo app. That's right. Go to Stereo.com slash Darth Amin and make sure you are linked and subscribe to us. And we're going to talk about all of the different things that I always forget about.
This is a great app. Every time you guys are listening to this pod, you say, oh, I wish I could chime in. But you're listening to our pod. You can never chime in. It's pre-recorded. Guess what? With stereo, you're able to have your voice heard. You can ask real-time questions about either the pod episode we recorded or whatever we're talking about at the time. It's great. It's a forum for you to listen to your favorite podcasters. That'll be me and our, yours truly all at the Count the Things Network. And we're going to be out here. We're going to do this regularly multiple times a week. Just hop on stereo. Download the app. Subscribe. Follow Darth the Mean. Follow Talk Hoops. Follow Trayvon. Follow Big Waz. All of us. You know who we are. You search for us on the stereo app. You will find us and subscribe to us and be a part of these conversations real time. Have the ability to ask the questions that you want to ask. Stop us when we're on some bullshit, as we are frequently. And, of course, catch some content that goes above and beyond what you listen to in the podcast you already love. Again, that is the Stereo app. And you can follow me, Stereo.com slash Darth Amin. You can look up everybody else by their handles. Their handles are all the same as what we have on social media. You can join us multiple times a week. I love Stereo. I'm on the app talking all the time. Follow me and get notified every time I go live. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast.